We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we will be talking about the great game we saw on Saturday between Michigan State and Michigan. Of course, Michigan State is our favorite team, and man, did they have a great game, Henry. So I just want to get right into this, and I want to talk about quarterback Rocky Lombardi. And before the season started last week, we were talking about who should play quarterback for Michigan State this season? And we were even saying that maybe Rocky Lombardi doesn't start. But now, Henry, I think we can both say that Rocky Lombardi has solidified himself as the starting quarterback for Michigan State for the future. And at least for the rest of this season, I believe he should be for next season since he is only a junior. But he had an incredible game, throwed for 323 yards and three touchdowns, Henry, against a Michigan team that shut down Minnesota last week and had a great game against them. So, Henry, what do you have to say about Rocky Lombardi since he had a pretty, pretty good game last uh, week against Michigan? Andrew, I'll be honest with you. Going into the season, I didn't think Rocket Lombardi should be the starting quarterback, but he's for sure proved me wrong. I mean, the completion percentage wasn't there yesterday, but the big clutch throws were just out of this world. Some of the throws that he was making to Ricky White, he made a huge throw to Jaden Reed on a third down that was part of that game-winning drive that Michigan State had. I mean, I'm so impressed with the big throws that he made, and Michigan State for the rest of this year needs to lean on just taking those big shots downfield because Rocky Lombardi definitely specializes in throwing the ball down the field, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, and there were some weak spots with Lombardi and his accuracy isn't necessarily there yet, but the deep ball accuracy was there uh, against Michigan, Henry. And although his completion uh, to attempt was 17 to 32, he completed 17 of his 32 passes, which isn't necessarily amazing. He still had an incredible game. You, like That's where the box score doesn't tell you everything, Henry. Because if someone looks at that, they're saying, oh, he completed only about half of his passes. So what makes him have that great of a game? Well, Henry, the balls he was placing deep, Joe Milton is supposed to have one of the best arms in college football for Michigan. And he couldn't even throw like that, like Rocky Lombardi was throwing down the field. And Rocky Lombardi, as you said, uh, Henry, 
I didn't think he was going to have what it takes at the start of the season, but he clearly showed that he is a true pocket passer because he didn't have to escape the pocket at all and to try to throw on the run. He stayed in there and made some really great throws, I think, throughout the game. And the stat that impresses me the most, Henry, is 17 completions, 323 yards. And a lot of those didn't just come off of after the catch. A lot of those came off of before the catch. Henry, because of how far he was throwing this ball and completing it to his receivers. And you have to give credit to his receivers because they made some pretty great catches and mainly due to Ricky White, Henry. Eight catches, 196 yards and a touchdown for Ricky White. And it always helps if your receiver can do that for you. So Henry, of course you give credit to Rocky Lombardi for the throws, but the catches were great themselves because even though our be- arguably our best receiver, I think we can both agree that he is, Jaden Reed, the transfer from Western Michigan, he only had one catch for 18 yards. But if you look at that catch, it was incredible. So once again, that's where the box score doesn't tell at all because some of these receivers may not have the stats to show for themselves in the, against Michigan, but whatever their one or two catches were, they were clutch. Uh, Jalen Naylor, had a great catch that went for 53 yards that put us in prime position to score. That, that will only show in the box score, Henry, two catches for 68 yards, but that one catch was very crucial for the game. So that's, that's where people need to look deeper than the box score because, Henry, even though our best receivers who going into the game, I think we can, we can both say it was Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, Although the stats weren't really there for them, Naylor having two catches for 68 yards and Reed having one catch for 18 yards, I think with their three catches combined really contributed to this win. And of course, Ricky White having an incredible game. I mean, true freshman, Henry. And I saw the stat saying that he put up the second most yards by any receiver in Michigan State history against Michigan. And he did it as a true freshman. It's, it's just incredible, Henry. Michigan State played well. Rocky Lombardi played great. And I can see Rocky Lombardi being the leader of this offense for the rest of this year and hopefully next year as well. You know, Andrew, the offense played really well yesterday, but I really want to talk about the defense and especially Antoine Simmons and how incredible he played yesterday. I mean, he had 11 tackles, three solo tackles, as well as a crucial pass deflection that – If he doesn't deflect that ball, Michigan actually would have won the game. So I really want to just, I mean, take take into account how well that he played along with the rest of the defense. I mean, Michigan did have 400 plus total yards, but that doesn't really say a whole lot because Michigan State had big stops at big times and was able to get Michigan off the field and put that offense back onto the field. And I just really want to appreciate how well that defense played, how well that secondary played. Because, I mean, I know Joe Milton threw for 300 yards, but, I mean, that was a tough earned 300 yards. And, I mean, the defense really impressed me after how, I mean, it just just played really well yesterday. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to say other than Michigan State won the game, and I'm just very excited for that. Yeah, and Henry, you mentioned how Joe Milton threw for 300 yards, and I have to say he had a pretty good game, but – Think about this. Rocky Lombardi threw 32 passes. Joe Milton threw 51. 
and Rocky Lombardi still threw for uh, 23 more yards than Milton did in the entire game and three more touchdowns in 19 less pass attempts. That just shows you how well Lombardi played because Milton, who threw 19 more passes than him, had 23 less yards and three less touchdowns. I mean, and Milton in this Michigan offense uh, had 452 total yards, Henry, and 24 points is all they got out of that. And that is due to how well Michigan State's defense played. And they stopped them where it mattered. And that's no matter how many yards they gave up, they stopped them where it mattered, Henry. And Michigan State's defense played very tactical and very smart due to Mel Tucker. I think he coached a great game. And there was a few uh, things that were questionable in that game. But overall, I think he coached a great game, especially on the defensive end. And with him, Mel Tucker being a defensive-minded coach, I think he did exactly what he needed to do and prove that he can be a good coach in this Big Ten Conference. And as a first win, Henry, Michigan is an incredible win to have as your first win, especially because of the rivalry we have with them for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. He brought it home to East Lansing and Henry Mel Tucker. And I want to let's get into uh, those few questionable calls. And I, I only had one or two that stood out to me. I believe it was the decision to I, I think the score was 20 to 20 to 17 at the time. And we were at the 35 yard line about and I believe it was a, about a fourth and two maybe and instead of going for it to seal the game in the fourth quarter, well, maybe it wouldn't have been to seal the game, but I think it would have brought it very close to sealing the game going for going for it and possibly getting it. And he decided to line up the field goal unit and we ended up missing the field goal, which put Michigan in a prime position to score. Luckily we held them there, but Henry, that I thought was the wrong call. And then basically he went against his own self with about 30 seconds left in the game. It was a fourth and two around the same spot. And instead of sending out the punt unit, he decides to go for it while up three points. And Henry, it's just, I, I don't understand because he picks times to be aggressive and then he picks times to be more conservative. And I believe his decisions were very, like not that smart, I guess you can say. And he took the wrong times to be aggressive and the wrong times to be conservative. Because when you're up by three and you're on their 40 yard line, I think you punt the ball, pin them back to the one and take your chances that they don't have in a Hail Mary play that goes the distance for 90 yards in 20 seconds. I mean, I think you take your chances on that rather than going for it and not getting it. And then they can just mark or two passes for 15 yards and they're in field goal range and possibly tying this game and taking it to overtime. And that didn't make sense to me. And basically the opposite of that call, sending the field goal unit out and being more conservative uh, about midway through, or probably five minutes left in the fourth quarter, I would say. And then taking the field goal unit out and having Coglin, the kicker, miss a field goal. And now Michigan is in great position to go down the field, which they did and scored touch or no, no, they didn't. We stopped them. I'm sorry. We stopped them there, but still Henry, as I said, 
he, I think his decisions on whether to be aggressive and whether to be conservative were a little like flopped, flip-flopped, I mean, and uh, were in the wrong spots. But overall, Mel Tucker played a great game as a head coach. He made sure his uh, defense did what they needed to do in that offense. Of course, he didn't call the plays, but they played very well too. And Mel Tucker got his uh, first win as a Michigan State head coach and probably the biggest rivalry that Michigan has or Michigan State has for the season. You know, Andrew, I'm just very happy for the way this Mel Tucker era started. I mean, a lot of people after last week were already saying, fire Mel Tucker. We don't want Mel Tucker as our head coach. And he definitely proved a lot of these doubters wrong after this week. And people are definitely on Mel Tucker's side and excited for the future of this Michigan State football program. But there, there is one thing I want to highlight as a negative from this game, and that is that is Jay Johnson's play calling. And I think we can both agree that that was some brutal, brutal play calling. I mean, I mean, running the ball from your own 10 yard line on first and 20, second and 17 and third and 15, running the ball three straight times. I don't, I don't understand why they just tried to stick with the run game so much. I understand you want to have balance, but I mean, Michigan could not cover the deep ball whatsoever. And I think we should have taken more shots. If we're being completely honest, I think we probably, if we had a better play caller, we could have went in there and put up 45 points on Michigan because they could not cover the deep ball. And if they decided to start covering the deep ball, I mean, we probably would have been able to run the ball because they'd take a lot more guys out of the box. So I'm just questioning a little bit of the play calling, but other than that, I mean, I think Michigan state overall played a very phenomenal game and I'm very excited for the future of this Michigan state program. Yeah, Henry. And I just want to add on, it was very evident that Michigan cannot cover the deep ball. And I think Henry, that Michigan state is the fastest receiving core in the big 10. And the fact that you keep going deep and it keeps working and you you decide to run the ball a lot too much i would say to, to agree with you henry it doesn't make sense when the deep ball is clearly working michigan can't guard it they keep holding they keep uh getting pass interference calls because they just can't guard our receivers and you start running the ball three straight downs and cause a three and out which just doesn't make sense i'm sure Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, will look at the tapes and try to fix something because this is clearly a passing offense and strictly around, built around Rocky Lombardi and the deep ball. And having Michigan State and your team run it three down straight when you're torching Michigan's corners and DBs on the deep ball, it's just doesn't make sense and as you said you need to have some balance but having balance means that like if something's working you keep going to it Henry and even when the deep ball was working Michigan State and their offense was still running the ball constantly it and there's a certain point where you just say, wow, yeah, we have to have balance. But if you can't have the run game being actually prevalent in the game and actually constantly getting first downs and runs 
that go for longer than five yards, then why do you even bother if the, that deep ball is working 75% of the time on Michigan's DBs? So I get Michigan has a really bad run defense and they're known to have a bad run defense and they gave up a ton of uh, rushing yards to Minnesota last week. But Henry, when you are absolutely killing these defensive backs, you got to start taking advantage of it and you got to start looking at the weak points and the weak spots of this, uh, of the defense you're playing. And I don't think Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, did that correctly. And Henry, for what I have to say, even though they played a great game, that play calling definitely needs to improve. But Henry, if you don't have anything else, I think we can uh, wrap this up now because I just have one final thing I need to say about Michigan State. Of course, they played an incredible game, but I think the things they need to improve, of course, is the play calling but which is mainly around the coaching staff. These, these two things I'm about to say are have to do with the coaching staff. And that is the play calling and the decisions on whether to be aggressive and when to not be. I think those definitely need to improve. And also one thing for Rocky Lombardi, I think he needs to improve on his accuracy. I saw a couple balls where he should have, if he would have let his receivers on them, would have possibly, possibly been like 20 yard gains. And instead they were incompletions because he threw them a little behind them or he threw them right at them and they just couldn't grab it because the defender was right on their tail and caused a breakup of the pass. And if Rocky Lombardi can start hitting his spots and leading receivers more, I think he can be a great Big Ten quarterback and a great quarterback for this Michigan State team. The defense played fairly well. I don't really have much to for them to improve. I thought they played a great game. and. Those receivers played well. One, one thing I have to say is Jalen Naylor. And I guess you can say this for the whole team, just the dumb penalties. Jalen Naylor had two illegal block in the back calls that he were, were just unnecessary. And those plays went for 20 yards, 20 plus yards, regardless of whether that block happened or not. And he felt it was necessary. Obviously, it wasn't, and it caused uh, first and twenty instead of, on your own twenty-yard line instead of uh, first and ten on their forty. It's it's the difference, uh, and I think the dumb penalties. And of course, on defense, we taunted them after a great play, which would have led to zero points on that drive. Instead, a taunting penalty puts Michigan forward at first down on their on our own about 30, 25 yard line, end up scoring a touchdown, made this game way closer than it should have been. And those are just unnecessary, the dumb penalties and the personal fouls. And that's what we need to fix. So overall, what I think we need to fix is the coaching staff needs to fix their uh, play calling on offense. And I think the decisions on whether to be aggressive and when to not be. Also, Rocky Lombardi needs to be a little more accurate with his throws and start leading his receivers more. And also, I think the dumb penalties need to stop. And one last thing that I just thought of, I think the run game needs to be better because that is just not working for us. I think the running backs need to figure something out, start creating holes for themselves. The offensive line played great, Henry, uh, against Michigan, and the running backs just couldn't capitalize on it. 
And there was one good run by Simmons. He had about a 20-yard run, I think it was, early in the game. And we didn't see much after that, Henry. And that's also what we need to fix. So the run game needs to uh, improve, definitely. But that's all I have for this uh, podcast, Henry. Michigan State played incredible. And I'm really happy to see that they won this game because Michigan were the heavy favorites coming into this game. Michigan State proved all the doubters wrong and got this win, which I thought was a great win. And I'm really excited for this Mel Tucker era in the future. And I'm excited to see what Michigan State can do for the rest of the season and see how they finish. Because, wait, one, one last thing I, I want to say. I'm sorry. I, I know I've been saying a lot, but they had a great bounce back game. And I give credit to Mel Tucker. Losing to Rutgers is not something that you should be proud of and will probably hurt the morale of your team because losing to Rutgers is, once again, something that can hurt a team's uh, basically chemistry because then you see players getting mad at each other now because they're frustrated because they lost to the worst team in the Big Ten by far, or at least historically the worst team in the Big Ten year after year. You come out, you're thinking you're going to have a great game, you lose. And it, it wasn't necessarily a close game. I mean, they lost by, I think it was 11, 38 to 27, I believe it was. And you had seven turnovers. And now you bounce back. Mel Tucker cleans up his team's act. Zero turnovers in a very clean game, aside from the dumb penalties, I think, from Michigan State. So I'm just very impressed with how Mel Tucker had this team bounce back. And that's why I'm really looking forward to see what they can do in the future, because I think Mel Tucker totally turned the season around by just that one win and getting this team to bounce back from a very bad loss to Rutgers and a very concerning loss to Rutgers. And now we're thinking, Henry, man, who can't we beat? Obviously, Ohio State, we're probably not going to be. I don't think anyone in the Big Ten is going to beat them. But aside from them, who can't we beat? And before we were thinking, who can we be after that Rutgers game? Who can we? But now, totally flip the script, uh, the script uh, Mel Tucker did. I'm very happy with how he coached that Michigan game. And I'm really, really excited for those reasons, for what Michigan State can do for the rest of the season, how they can finish this season out. Because I, I'm very optimistic, Henry for what this Michigan State team did against Michigan and for how they bounced back after Rutgers. That shows that they have what they need to be a winning team, showing that they can have a very bad loss and bounce back and beat a very good team the next week, which I thought was due to Mel Tucker and how he handled that loss and how he had this team bounce back from that Rutgers game to this Michigan game. Yeah, Andrew, I completely agree with everything you said outside of the penalties. And I think that's a lot of in the spirit of the rivalry and players just play a lot harder in spirit of the rivalry. And obviously, we know Michigan State and Michigan hate each other a lot. So I think that's a big reason why some of the stupid penalties happen. I mean, the block in the backs are unnecessary. I don't think those are really rivalry based, but the taunting, I think it's for sure a rivalry thing. And other than that, I mean, I completely agree with just about everything you said. Yeah, Henry, and I want to talk about that taunting penalty. I think college football is so soft now, and I can say the same about the NFL, but college football, when a player is expressing themselves after they make a good play, 
Like you, you, they're just showing emotion. It's not like they're hurting another player's feelings. Like, come on taunting. Like that's such a soft penalty. And now it's being frequently called in college football. Like these guys are like 20 years old and they're just showing emotion in a rivalry game. And clearly the Michigan player or any of the Michigan players weren't offended by it because it's a rivalry game. I think both sides understand that and both sides are used to it because that's how football is played with emotion and calling a penalty for a player expressing their emotions and getting really excited because they just had an incredible play, I think is just so soft. And I think college football needs to reconsider that penalty because I just think it's not good for college football. And what makes college football exciting is the atmosphere that the players and fans make. Of course, we don't have the fans in the stadiums this year because of COVID, but the players make the game what it is. And if you can't have the players being who they are while they're playing it and showing emotion, it, it just makes the game less fun to watch. And those penalties just, I think, make the game really soft and kind of ruins the game. But obviously those block in the back penalties were really, those there's no exception for those were just dumb, but I, I, we, we need to wrap this up because I think we said everything we needed to say, but taunting penalties, just so soft. That's all I have to say about that. You know, Andrew, I'm very proud of Mel Tucker and definitely very excited for the rest of the season. And hopefully next week this will continue and we'll go into Iowa and beat them. But as, as I mentioned, and as Andrew mentioned, this will be the end of this podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Egg Sports Podcast.